Hello and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Mark Jontry and I'm the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. On today's pod, our guests are Greg Meyer, the Executive Director, and Michelle Evans, the Grants and Communications Director for the Illinois Prairie Community Foundation. Today we're going to talk about what a community foundation is, specifically the work that IPCF does in our community, and just generally chat about philanthropy. Greg, Michelle, welcome, and thank you for coming and doing this. Thanks thank you. for having us. So, Greg, I'll start with you. For our listeners who are not familiar with either the Illinois Prairie Community Foundation or what a community foundation itself is, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? A community foundation um, is an asset for the community for the use of donors to find things that they're passionate about and all we do is try to make that connection. Uh, we do it in a number of ways. We have basically five tools that we use to help folks that we want them to come to us, to us to help. Uh, we do endowments. That's the money that people want to put away forever to support the causes that they're patient about. And we make that happen. We provide donor advised funds which are many foundations, many private foundations for somebody who doesn't have $3 million. Uh, we do fiscal sponsorships, which is we work with a number of nonprofits here in town uh, and help them administratively to do, so they can focus on their mission and not paying their bills. Uh, we have a field of interest funds, uh, such as uh, public art, that people can uh, work together or as a family or an individual to support causes that are entities that are surrounded in that public art sphere. And then um, we do memorials and scholarships. They're kind of the most close to home, the most personal ways for us to help folks in, in times that are uh, kind of trying for them. Very good, I appreciate that. Can you, tagging on to that, can you kind of explain how IPCF came to be in our community? And I should, uh, for the listeners, uh, the Prairie Community Foundation does serve uh, four counties. It happens to be the same four counties that the regional office serves, DeWitt, Livingston, Logan, and McLean. The foundation came about 25 years ago, and I'll let Michelle tell much more about that because she's involved with it. When um, Drake Zimmerman and Alan Sender and Carol Rattan had this weird idea of forming our little community foundation for our little town. And uh, through their vision and the persistence that they had in uh, getting like-minded folks to uh, create the foundation were uh, now uh, a lot larger, 20 million some dollars, mm -hmm. that uh, were able to uh, put in, uh, into play for the community. Very good. Michelle, one of the things the, the foundation does is grants. Can you kind of talk about? <laughs> Michelle is smiling at me because this is Michelle manages this. And can you talk a little bit about those opportunities, how they're, how they're divided up, how they're determined, and, sure. and what they go towards? Okay. These are competitive grants that nonprofits can apply for. And so as long as the, the work that they're doing is in one of our four counties, that would qualify them to apply. They have to have a 
a nonprofit status, obviously. And then we have two different cycles, one in the fall, which applications are open during October, and the other one is in the spring, and those are open in February. In October, we have Women to Women Giving Circle grants, which focus on women and children. We have Youth Engaged in Philanthropy grants that focus on youth-oriented programs. And then we've added a new cycle or category this year, um, environment and nature. And so obviously that has to do with the environmental world. In the spring, we have three grant cycles also. General grants are the largest category and they have education, health and wellness, and youth-oriented programs that can apply for that. There's another one for, it's the Mirza Arts and Culture Grants that focus on arts in the community. And the third one in the spring is the Saul Schulman Jewish Education and Life Programs that focus on Jewish life. We have a new online grant application that folks can find the link uh, when it comes to February. They can look again for the spring ones. Each category has its own application. Folks have a month to apply. Um, and then after that, when the window closes, we have um, different committees for each grant cycle that get, they read all of the applications in that cycle and our general grants committee deserves a lot of credit for reading 50 to 60 grants in a month. And it's so amazing. It is. And so then they get together, they offer opinions within the um, online system, and then they get together and they hash it out. Um, they just, you know, talk to each other, talk about the qualities of each and what are the benefits, and then decide how much to give each one. So it's a, it's a lively conversation, and you know, but it takes a lot of uh, knowledge about the community and uh, interest in seeing things improving. That's, that's great. And I, I would reinforce to the listeners, um, the foundation does serve all four counties. Mm -hmm. It is not just a Bloomington Normal centered uh, organization you can see by the grant awards that have occurred over the years that we really do spread it out mm -hmm. uh, as it were so very good thank you we recently were able to attend the IPCF luncheon at which uh, in the morning there was a workshop that mm -hmm. was conducted and then uh, a luncheon honored some local philanthropists can you talk about what what went on then and and what the inspiration behind both the the workshop and the fact that the workshops have occurred obviously over a number of years along with the luncheon and what occurred at that event? So in the morning we had the nonprofits workshop and it's for employees or board members or volunteers, anybody involved in a nonprofit and it usually tackles a topic, well it always tackles a topic that is of interest to nonprofits. Because this year is IPCF's 25th anniversary, we focused on that in how the title is Preserve and Persevere, and it's um, celebrating your history. So it, we had a presentation by Bill Kemp, who talked about uh, the history of nonprofits and, and how nonprofits can save their history, what kind of archiving they have available, how the History Museum can help you. Julie Emig, who is the executive director at the museum, moderated a panel discussion 
that had representatives of nonprofits of different ages, like the YWCA has more, has been around for more than 100 years. And on the other end of the spectrum, Illinois Art Station has only been around for a few years. And how each of them collects their information and, and will do so going forward. So that was in the morning. And then in the afternoon, well, at noon, we had the philanthropy lunch. We celebrated our 25th anniversary during that, paying special attention to folks who had been involved in the beginning and through the years. And then we also gave away the Philanthropist of the Year awards. This year, we're giving three away. Traditionally, we do one for Bloomington Normal only and one for outside Bloomington Normal. Because it's our 25th anniversary, the committee decided to select two in Bloomington Normal, and they were Tony Jones and Helen and Kathy Chapman. And then outside Bloomington Normal, Marlon Iles from Pontiac. Very good. It was a great event and very, very well done. Greg, IPCF recently went through a rebranding process and even designed a new website and a logo. Can you talk about that experience? I know you, I think you partnered with Illinois Wesleyan or, or Michelle, either one of you want to talk about that? I can talk about it, but Michelle did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll talk about it. So we took this opportunity for the 25th anniversary to look at our logo. There was really nothing wrong with it, but it was a little dated. Uh, the, some of the fonts that we were using in that were definitely um, dated it. So the marketing committee decided to, you know, figure out how we were going to do a, a rebranding. And we have a member on the marketing committee, uh, Deborah Halperin, who is at Wesleyan. And she said, why don't you use one of the classes here at Wesleyan or approach them at least. So um, she hooked us up with Josh Lowe, who was a professor of design there. And I went in and spoke to the class. We talked about color and font and what we wanted to convey with the new logo and set them to it. And they came back maybe a month later with, I think, 12 different designs. Wow. And so we, as the marketing committee, narrowed it down to two and then sought some additional um, input and settled on the current one that we're we're rolling out this year it has a diamond as one of the key markers of it and yeah we're we're very excited about it that's an exciting process to go through it really is yeah and while we were doing that we also updated the website so uh (laughs) it's a lot more well uh, user-friendly yeah updating websites seems to be a constant activity for many organizations Uh, so that's that's to be expected Greg, if individuals that are listening to this are intrigued and want to get involved with IPCAF, and there's a number of ways to get involved with the organization, uh, from volunteering to obviously being a a financial contributor, how do they go about finding out more? I'd encourage them to go to the website because it is a beautiful website and it's well done. Uh, Find some things that are on the website that they're passionate about, And they just call us. Come in and talk to us. We'll have a cup of coffee. We'll find a way for them to become involved as a volunteer, as a committee member that we have. We're always looking for uh, folks to support us there. Um, And then if if financially is something uh, that they want to help out an organization or a a cause, then uh, we'd love to make it easy for them to do that because that's our job. 
That is great. And I can I can tell listeners firsthand, so full disclosure, I'm currently on the board. And our, we've had a couple of our organizations under the auspices of the office, our alternative school and well, some general programming that where we benefited from some of the grants, um, which I have, of course, have abstained from voting on. But most recently, uh, as timing is everything, last week we had the Mobile Museum of Tolerance in. Uh, little did we know that uh, worldwide strife would be be occurring at the exact moment we had that in. But the, um, Michelle referenced the Sol Schulman grant, and that was a direct outcome of us applying for that that opportunity and and being granted it. And so we had five of our school districts in in Central Illinois uh, had the opportunity to have that on their campus and and got a great great experience out of it. And we'll be having them back in February. Um, so the general public can access it at that time as well. So I can I can just say to our listeners that firsthand experience, it's a wonderful foundation. I'm not saying that because I'm on the board. Uh, it was a wonderful foundation when before I was on it, and it will be even better probably when I leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you both. It's a it's a phenomenal organization that I feel very fortunate just to be a small part of, and it's doing great work in Central Illinois. And thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 Pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.